Geordie chat with Poops and Tim. Games at home and away. Story stats and history links. About football in Australia. Welcome to Kick to Kick is Backwards and Coming Forwards. This is our uh, round one preview, Charlie. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm so excited. It's coming. I know, a few days left. Um, so let's get stuck into a few things. Bit of history news first, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, first, I want to mention the McClellan Trophy. Yes. Yeah, Timmy, you uh, sent me this little link, which is I was very excited about. So for those of, for those of you who haven't listened to the original Kick to Kick, um, we talked about the McClellan Trophy, how it all started. It's one of the longest standing, or is it the longest standing trophy? Um, in, um, definitely since Bill McClellan yeah. passed on, so... Yeah, interesting. So, yeah, I'll so check that out. But. Melbourne player and um, president, and then became the president of the VFL. Yeah. and so the trophy was named after him, and it was the the team that won it was, had the most points at the end of a season. It included the, the under 19s the reserves, and the main the main seniors. the seniors. Yeah, yep. yep. Uh, and that that changed a bit over time until it was just the reserves and the seniors, and then recently it's been for whoever with yeah, the minor so, premiers. So once yeah, once the AFL formed, and then I think they consolidated, like the VFA became no more. Yeah, um, it became whoever finished on top. Yeah, and so we've had that since the nineties, I think. And yeah, so and so they've just changed it now, so that it is a joint award for the best performing team across the AFL men's and AFL. Yeah, game. so it's kind of going back to its original intention of very, yeah, very a, similar. The strongest club overall, but now we can build in the AFL women's, which is great, and build them into the the older extended history of the game, which yeah. is awesome. Um, so yeah, so that first format was from 1951 to 1990. Yeah, so it was the uh, the three grade format under 19s, reserves, and seniors. So not the longest anything because the brown lows before yes, that. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then the yeah from ninety one to two thousand twenty two it was the minor premiers. Yeah, um, and yeah, and so as of twenty twenty three it'll be it will be yeah, which is great because as they were mentioning in the article in the uh, was it the age no it was the AFL, AFL website the AFL website as they mentioned in the, in the article um, if that had been in place last year Geelong wouldn't have won it it would have been Melbourne Melbourne edging out Brisbane with, with Brisbane very close behind so it really does take into account all those things going on which is cool all right um now as we go through the season charlie one thing i want to explore is what makes a rivalry yes because we talk about these these old-fashioned rivalries and these new rivals and things like that but but what makes a rivalry what what is it and i I feel a lot of them these days are i mean like a lot of rivalries are sort of inbuilt in your own mind like you've got the teams that you hate Mm -hmm. and want to you know want your team to beat but there's not many long-standing rivalries left, are No, there? so let's, I kind of want to explore that as, as we go through. Yeah. Um, so round one, starting on Thursday. Um, round one, we have five matchups that have previously played in the, played in the grand final. Yeah. Yes. Um, of all the matchups, we have only two have never played in round one. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yep, so we'll go through those as we go. All right, so first up, we have on Thursday, we have Richmond versus Carlton. And, and now sort of semi-long-standing affair... That is the opener for the season. Yeah, and I, I, it irks me, Charlie. Why well, I don't, don't understand. It's well, I, no... under, I understand the money reason and like the need for a big crowd. But... Yes, but there's no historical value in that. No, game. Well, no. So this will be the 23rd time they've met in round one. Mm-hmm. Um, 11 of those have been season opening matches. Yeah. Yeah, and they're the, the ones recently. Um, they first played 1921 was the first time they played in round one. At Princess wow. Park, the Blues winning by nine points. Yeah, um, 
And look, it was a rivalry. If we talk about rivalries, this one was a huge rivalry, especially the 70s. They yeah, played, lots. Yeah. Played in the 69, 72, 73 grand finals. Um, also, they met in the 1921 and 1932 grand finals. Um, Richmond winning four, Carlton winning one. Um, so it was a big rivalry. And I suppose the way it starts the season off, it, it, that does kick in as a bit of a rivalry because Richmond have been winning it for so long until yes. last year. Yeah. Um, but they had generally not been great games. They No, you're right. Like over the over the 10 years, one team's up and, and one's been down. So yeah. it hasn't it hasn't been... Yep. And it's been an event because they've both got huge crowd, crowd yes. bases and stuff, as you said, but not an event in terms of all this, like... I think it it gets there because a lot of neutrals are super excited about footy being back. So yeah, they're, they're there just gonna go, and yeah. then the crowd. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think you and I are in agreement. It should be the grand final rematch. I, I thought that was great last year. Yeah. I thought that was really a really interesting way to to continue that because yeah. it's kind of like the last thing in your memory from the year before, and then it's the it's the the yeah. bookend. Yeah. yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to say is you know originally do you remember do you remember talking about this in kick to kick? It took the Tigers. 23 attempts to beat Carlton when they first came into That's the league. That's right, yes. Until uh, 1918. So 29-year-old Barney Herbert was uh, was the key to this. He, They were asking him in 1918 if he'd want to retire. He's like, I'm not retiring until we beat the Bloody Blues. <laughs> if I have to live to 100 before we do it, I'll do it. Love so 1918, they finally beat them. <laughs> That's great. So I always think of him when I think about these two teams. All right, the next match, and we're not going to go through predictions on who's no, going to win or loss. This no. is not what this podcast is about. No. We're about the history links. Um, Friday night, we have Geelong versus Collingwood. Yes, now that's a barnstormer. Yeah. First time these two met, these two teams met, Charlie, was around 13, 1892 in the VFA. Wow. With the Pivotonians winning. Of course, 10. because that was Collingwood's, one of Collingwood's first, well, their was first, their first season. season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The Pivots won by 10 goals, 13 to 3. Unsurprising considering yeah. how much of a powerhouse they'd been at the time. Yes. Um, points not uh, being included. So yes. 13 goals yeah. to three goals. Yeah. Um, they have met 17 times previously in round one, but this is only the second time at the MCG they'll be meeting. Most of those have been at Victoria Park, some in Geelong, one at Waverley. Interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, the last time they actually, well, they played in 2019 in round one mm-hmm. with the uh, Cats winning by seven. But then before that was 1982 was the last so time. a long they time between drinks. Yeah, there you go. That, yeah. Um, and of course, they have a bit of a, I think these two teams have a pretty good modern day rivalry. Yes. Some of the best finals Absolutely. of recent history have been between these two clubs, well, for sure. Fun, fun fact, last year's qualifying final, the Cats gave Collingwood their 100th finals loss. Nice. Yeah. I'm sure they were very which, happy to give them to, to them as well. Which we didn't celebrate at all last year. <laughs> we didn't. Um, and of course, they've played in quite a few grand finals, 1925, 1930, uh, 1937, 1952, 1953, and 2011. So not, not quite the record for grand finals. That's held by Collingwood and Melbourne. Melbourne, yeah. Um, but they're kind of edging close to that. Both coaches are ex-teammates, Craig McRae and Chris Scott. Yes. And one thing we often talk about, Charlie, is the curse of the president's wife. Ah, yes. Um, which I guess originated because the first game back would always be the Premier generally hoisting the flag the to pre- celebrate. Yeah, the president's wife hoisting the flag. It was and almost they, always the president's wife. And they almost always lost. They almost always lost, early, <laughs> especially early on. So yeah. we labelled that the curse of the president's wife. I wonder whether that um, I know Geelong's not hoisting their flags, so I think, round six. Once they're yeah, well, no, they wouldn't at the G, would they? No, so, I think yeah. I think Joel Selwood's doing a lap of honour maybe with it, um, but they're not hoisting it. But we'll still, you know, if can can they win their first game back as 
winning premiers. premiers. Yeah. yeah, we'll wait and see. Uh, on Saturday, we have North Melbourne versus West Coast. Wouldn't say this is much of a rivalry. No. Nope. Their first meeting was at Subiaco around 1987. The Eagles won that by 74 points. Could be very interesting for from two clubs who were not good last year to see who can just get some early points on the board. Well, this is bottom versus second bottom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So who's going to get the four? They've met four times in round one. Um, some of those being very close. The first one was round one, 1998, with the Kangaroos winning by two points. They then played around again in 2000, 2011, 2017. Uh, in round ones. Um, there's a few links between um, North Melbourne and West Coast as well. Obviously, Ross Glendenning, the first captain of the Eagles, was a champion player at North Melbourne. Yes. A Brownlow medalist there. Um, also, um, some other players that came to name, Alex Ichenko, Drew Petrie, and of course, Danny Laidley. Yeah, of course. Played for both clubs. Um, so yeah, either one of those teams will want to get off to a good start in Melbourne. I mean, Clarko, back at his original team. Wanting to uh, prove that he still got it. Yeah, prove that he, they made the right call by getting him there, right? Yeah. 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 Um, then we've got Port Adelaide-Brisbane at Adelaide Oval. This is the third time they will have met in round one. They met in, last year, round one. Brisbane won by 11 points. And then back in 2001 at Football Park with hey. Port winning by six points. Um, of course, they these guys had a bit of a rivalry when they first came into the league, Port Adelaide. So Port Adelaide had formed and came in and then Brisbane had merged with Fitzroy to form mm-hmm. the line. So you could kind of call them two new teams in 97. Yeah. Yep. Um, and you couldn't really separate them early on. I think they had their first three games were a two-point win to Port Adelaide and two draws. Yeah. So they were, they were almost inseparable early on. And then, of course, you had those grand finals. Yeah, it was the... the well, the, grand, the one grand final, but I think they, they met in the, the finals in 2001, two and four. Yeah. With Brisbane usually getting the upper hand, um, but then Port obviously denying Brisbane that fourth premiership. Yeah, yeah, that's a good that's a good uh, newer rivalry for sure. But I it think it's, it's kind of died down. Two thousand nineteen, yeah. there was a bit of niggle because the uh, Port Adelaide players targeted Lockie Neal and were bashing, right. crashing him. Yep. But um, nothing's really come from that. Um, it'll be Port Adelaide wanting to prove themselves because last year they lost their first five games, I think. Yeah, so they've, got to come to, out, they've got to get a come good out start. Swinging. Yeah. They lose. And Brisbane's a pretty good-looking team on paper. Oh, yeah. Then, uh, yeah, as we talked about in our first episode, Ken Hinckley's going to be under pressure. Yep. Be good to try and alleviate some of that early. Now, that brings us up to Melbourne and the Bulldogs set their night at the MCG. Yes, it does. You're going? I will be there. Yeah. I will absolutely be there. Um, yeah. I mean... This will be the fourth time they've played to open the season in round one. Yeah. Uh, their first was back in 1975 at the MCG. Demons have actually never lost to the Dogs in an opening round. There you go. They won all three of the previous ones. Um, the first time these team, two teams ever played was 1887 in the VFA. At Friendly Society's Ground, which I think is now Olympic Park. <laughs> okay. I'm never, the D's know. won three goals to two. You'd be happy to know. Yes. Um, and we know they've played in two grand finals as well. Yeah. 1954 and 2021. One title each. Um, and they had that, that feud over that song. Yeah. Freed from Desire. Yeah, from which, that was such a media like a weird beat up. thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can understand people beating it up to try to oh, pump absolutely. up round one. Yeah. But it wasn't really a thing, was it? I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. And I guess the other the other thing to make some, a bit, this a bit more spicy is the D's have Lockie Hunter and Josh Shackey. Yep. So two pickups. Coming across. I can't imagine Shackey's getting a game, but definitely no, Lockie Hunter. Lockie Hunter, yep. Who, I feel like the dogs gave away for nothing. It was an, in, yeah. I'm not sure. There was obviously more behind the scenes or what, you know, as in, yeah. made Obviously made sense, but 
I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, so, well, yeah. he looks good from what I've seen preseason. He'll want to make a name for himself. Yeah. Um, and finally, sure. Luke Beveridge played for both teams. Oh, yeah. Yeah, played 42 games for the Ds, 31 for the Dogs. Very interesting. No, yeah. it'd be, it'd be um, an interesting time to see um, in a... In a Premiership for for Premiership points. These two ruckmen in the same team, Gorney oh, and yeah, Bundy. Yeah, of course. Um, Up against they, like English as well. As exactly. A pretty good ruckman. Both, both teams playing quite a, t- a tall forward line. Oh yeah, the dogs. Up. The dogs forward lines so really tall. So yeah. it'll be interesting so, to see how that goes. Um, there's been a little bit, a bit about that in the media. Of is that the direction that things are starting to go again after a few years of having a single tall, yeah. you know, under the with Rewalt, you know, winning a few Richmond. Yeah, we coming back to more talls. Yeah, that'd be very interesting. It's something, something to look out for. Definite point of difference for the dogs yeah. as well. Yeah. Then we've got the Gold Coast Suns and the Sydney Swans at uh, Metricon Stadium or whatever their new stadium is yep. called. Their stadium is now called, not the new stadium. But, yes. Um, they first met back in round 16, 2011 at uh, back the in, same ground. Back in 2011. All the, all the way back in 2011. <laughs> the Swans winning by 70 points. These two teams have never played in the opening round. Unsurprising. The Swans, however, have won over the Swans in four of their last six meetings, including round eight last season by 14 points. Sorry, who had won? The Gold Coast. Suns Gold Coast have won the over Swans. the Swans. Yeah, sorry, yeah. So, you know, there's a bit of bit of a record there. Yeah. Um, Stuart Jew obviously was assistant at Sydney for about eight seasons with Horse, um, but the Swan the Suns have lost four of their last six opening round matches, with an overall record of five and seven. So. You know, could kind of go over either way, but this is the season the Suns need to do something. Yeah, we talked about that. Last we tipped week, them for the finals. We? we did. I think hopefully. Yeah, like that was more of a hope pick. Yeah, um, we might have to put our money where our mouth is. Put a little something on <laughs> yeah, it. Maybe we should. Yeah. Uh, all right, that gets us to Sunday's game: the Giants and the Crows. These guys first played all the way back in 2012, oh, Charlie. Oh, my God. Years ago, um, the Giants lost to the Crows by 46 points. Kurt Tippett was actually playing for the Crows that day. Kick oh. four. <laughs> Um, but the last time these two played in round one was 2017 with the Giants winning by 56 points at Adelaide, Adelaide Oval. That's a drubbing. Yeah. Um, and then the Crows went on to make the grand final that year, so obviously turned it around. Adam Kingsley's debut as coach. Um, as of the Giants' other two coaches they've had, Sheedy lost his first match to the Swans in 2012, but Leon Cameron won his first match against the Swans in 2014. Okay. Yeah. The Giants are 5-6 and six to start the season, but lost their last two opening games. Um, the Crows have lost four of their last five opening round matches with an overall record of 15 and 17. Okay. Can't really buy much into that. No, game. it sounds like it's going, it could easily go either way there. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, then we've got probably the biggest rivalry, Essendon Hawthorne yep. on Sunday. Um, this, f- this rivalry is just, uh, every time it's sort of disappeared, it's come back again. Although- yeah, well, so it was really at its peak in the 80s. Yeah. They played three grand finals in a row. Um, we obviously we just recently talked about that the whole drug we did. scandal with yes. uh, Sheedy declaring that the Hawks were using drugs because they were sniffing something at halftime. Yep, yep. Um, fun fact: the Bombers were the first team to ever beat the Hawks. Round two, 1943. The week following, they changed their name to the Hawks. Oh, Do you remember Kazali? Yeah. I think they lost the opening round, and Kazali's like, "Oh, we need a new name. We need something stronger." They chose the Hawks. Bombers beat them the next week. <laughs> and then we've got things like, um, obviously, John Coleman's debut in 1949 was against the Hawks, 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, and then things like the, the line in the sand game. I was going to say more recently. Um, yeah. Then Sam Mitchell taunting us with injecting yep. stuff. Yeah. So not we don't like Sam Mitchell at Essendon. There's, there's been really some times. Like yeah, there's been, been some times. times. We don't like them. Um, so it's a pretty strong rivalry. Their first meeting was round 8 in 1925 at Glen Ferry. Bombers winning by 13 points. 
Um, they've met 11 times in the opening round. This is the only, only the second time it'll be at the MCG. And the Dons have the edge, nine, game, nine wins to two okay. in opening rounds. Um, and of course, Brad Scott started his career at the Hawks. Of course. He played one season with the Hawks in 1997, 22 games. Yeah. yeah. So yes, then we have, we have St Kilda Fremantle in, over in Perth, um, which is going to be interesting because it's Ross Lyons' first old. game back for the Saints yep. against his old team, Fremantle. With his old, old team. Yeah. Yeah. How, um, how strange. Yeah, I like it though. Yeah, me too. Never played in round one, these two teams. Um, but they've had a few interesting moments across the years. Um, the biggest rivalry was probably when the whole Siren Gate thing in 2006 oh, down yes. in Tasmania. And then there was also a situation called the Whispers in the Sky. I don't remember this uh, one. 2005, so Fremantle's now coach Justin Longmuir. I think he got free, paid a free kick late in the game and kicked a goal to, after the Siren to win the game. And supposedly... I can't remember what led to all this, but after the siren went and on the way back, senior umpire Matthew Head was head, was heard saying, "Now I know what a victory feels like." Oh, I do. I that, now that reminds. Was me. that was it? St Kilda criticizing umpires, or was something? I can't exactly I can't remember, remember why. Story, but I remember that. Um, yeah, interest. Very interesting. Mm. Well, the overall record between these two teams is twenty-two to eighteen. St Kilda's way. They first met back at Waverley Park in 1995. It's Frio winning that by 71 points. That would have to be one of the one of the very few teams that St Kilda has a winning record against, wouldn't it? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so that gets us to the end of this round. A few things I just wanted to follow off with, Charlie. Um, you asked me last time, so Anthony McDonald and Woody coming back from retirement. Yes. Yeah, we were talking... What other players have come back from retirement successfully? successfully? Yes. So I've got a few unsuccessful ones as well. Yeah. Um, but some that, that Raider mentioned, uh, Chris Mew from Hawthorne, retired after the 89 flag, then came back halfway through 1990 and played in another flag in 91. Not bad. Tim Watson, retired at the end of 91. Started, uh, he was broadcasting, I think he was on doing weather or he was on sportscasting on the news. The Eagles actually drafted him in 92, but he didn't want to play for them. Sheedy brought him back in 93 to play with the Baby Bombers and helped lead him to a flag. Retired I in 94. I forgot about that. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Uh, Michael Green was a Richmond player. Um, after 91 games, he left in 1972 to concentrate on his law. Uh, a year later, he came back and played in back-to-back flags for the Tigers. Now, we have recent players like Luke Hodge, Luke Power, Paul Salmon, Stuart Dew, Shane Munford, and some others. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But here's some other names. Albert Thurgood. Uh, Albert the Great. Albert the Great. Left Essendon at the end of 1902. Remember, he they played in that grand final against Collingwood, which they lost, and he had a really poor game. They're like, oh, he, he must have been paid to play poorly. Yeah, yeah, He couldn't right. possibly pay, play no, poorly. No. He must have been paid. It was all the, all the bribery scandals back so then. So in disgust, he demanded and was refused a clearance to the, the Magpie, so he retired. But he came back to Essendon four years later and played eight games but then was forced into retirement again. But he kept trying to play again. I think maybe when Jack Worrell took over in 1911, yeah, he he's like, oh, back. I can play again if you need me for the finals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just for the finals. Yeah. Love it. Um, do we consider Gary Ablett Senior retiring? Nineteen eighty-two, he left the Hawks, went to the country. That's right. Is that a retirement? Hard to know. Is mm. it? Yeah. Yeah, in, I guess it is. I mean, in. you're leaving the VFL. Yeah. Yeah, he came back and he was he was good. Yeah. He was very very good. Was very good. <laughs> Teddy Rankin, we talked about. Um, he was the one who, in nineteen hundred nine, he got married and decided to retire following round ten. Um, but he was back sure out lived. of retirement for round 14's match with University. <laughs> Now, here's an interesting one for you, Charlie. Vic Cumberland. Yeah. Who who holds the record for the oldest player to have played a game at the age of 43. So this is his career. He played with the Ds 
uh, played a flag actually in 1900, played for four seasons. And then a season later, 1903, he moved to St Kilda for two seasons. And then he moved to New Zealand. That's right. With the aim of spreading the game of Australian rules overseas. He played for the Auckland Imperials over there. He was back at St Kilda in 1907-1908. Then he headed to Adelaide. And he played for Sturt for three seasons. Back at St Kilda in 1912-1915. to Then he went off and just he was involved in a little thing called World War One. Yeah. And then in 1920, at the age of 43, he came back for St Kilda again. Unbelievable. Are we considering that retirement or is that... There's a couple of those. I don't know if you... Playing footy over... If you're leaving to play footy in another league, you're not really... You're retiring from the VFL, but you're not really retiring, are you? From playing football, no. From playing football, yeah. And I don't know if the wall counts either because you're kind of forced. Okay. Fair enough. But yeah. He had a few reti- He had a couple of retirements in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So in that system, in that same vein, what do we consider with uh, Peter Hudson? So that's an interesting. So one, 1972 isn't it? round one, he goes down with a knee injury, and it's feared he'll never play again. Yeah, but he did. He did. He tries. Leave. He tries a few games, and yeah. then eventually he realizes he he can't probably play for the Hawks again, but does start playing in Tassie. Yeah. Then end of 1976, he's tempted to come back and plays one more season with the Hawks. Kicks another ton. Yeah. Goes out on top. Feels that feels more like a retirement because it's like I can't play at the top level anymore. I'm going to go and play in Tassie. Yeah. And like, I still but he was from play. Tassie. Like he was, and that last season he was flying in and out of Tassie. That's right. But it, yeah, because he was always going to go back to Tassie. Yeah. But it was more. It sounds like it was more like I want to keep playing footy, but I can't do it the way I used to. Okay. Do, don't you think? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So that feels more like a retirement than Cumberland. But okay. Okay. So he came back and kicked a ton. Here's some not so great comebacks as well, just, just to, to throw them in there. Um, Doug Hawkins briefly retired, then last minute decision, came back and played the last season at Fitzroy. Mm. Definitely not as good. Alan Jakovic, yeah. legendary Melbourne player, um, retired from Melbourne, then spent two years out of footy before being drafted at the end of 95 and played seven games for the Dogs in 96. Yeah. So for those of you who probably don't even realise Alan Jakovic played for the Dogs. He did. He did, he played seven games. Seven very un... Well, not not very Alan Jakovic games. No, yeah. yeah, that's a good way to say it. And finally, one that was over before it started, Ted Witten Senior. Yeah, if you remember this, um, he well and truly retired, but wanted to have one more go, so he trained with North Melbourne back when Brian Dixon was coaching. And Brian Dixon's like, "Well, look, we'll have you, but you've got to come back through the reserves." And Teddy Witten's like, "No, <laughs> that's not happening. I'm done." Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so that's the that's the round, Charlie. So. Um, going forward next week, we will uh, we'll review round one and then yeah, preview round two. Thing. Yeah, that's that's the whole, that was sort of the whole point of what of this was like after the round talking about things that we saw that li- that sort of reminded us of things that we've talked about in the past, which yeah. is exciting. Yep. I think good and making those links. So yeah, can't wait. Yeah, all right. So today's song that will see us off is one called "Ball Yes" by <laughs> Mark Eitzel, I believe. Cannot wait. Enjoy. Hooray. Line. Gotta put it before half time.
Thanks for listening to the Kick to Kick podcast present Backward Incoming Forward. You can find all our old episodes wherever you get your good podcasts. If you want to get in contact with us, our email address is kicktokickpodcast at gmail.com. On social media, we have Twitter at kicktokickpod or on Facebook. Or you can find us on Instagram at backwards and coming forward. For a full list of our resources and things we use to inform our show, head to kicktokickpodcast.com. You'll also find some interesting things in all our old episodes. Once again, thank you for listening.